You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTVC. Download the Tide 109 app, or you can listen to us live at Tide109.com. We're talking sports and more the next couple of hours here on the big Tide 100.9 FM. we got a great show lined up for you. We're going to run it down in just a second. I'm your host, Gary Harris. i got my main man, Justice Jones. Justin Jones right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condominiums hotline at 205 That's 205-342-9904. So you're more than... uh Welcome to give us a call this morning here on the show. We got a great show lined up. I'll break it down for you here in just a second. But first, I need to tell you this hour, the Gary Harris Show being brought to you as always by Alabama Credit Union. Convenience and savings makes life better. The ACU Lifestyle Account. Learn more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union. Loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. And uh, it's uh, a good Friday to be on the radio this morning. It is the Friday before Christmas. Christmas Eve is coming up on Sunday, Christmas Day on Monday. So we're going to get a little time to um, to relax and enjoy, hopefully, friends and family and, and loved ones. And we're going to have a Christmas theme on the show here today as we are going to be... Uh, Playing that great Christmas music coming out of the breaks for our bumper music. You know, on Fridays, we usually play the TGIF music to get you ready for the weekend. We're going to get you ready for the weekend, but we're going to do it with uh, some great Christmas tunes this morning and uh, looking forward to you being a part of the show. All right, here's the lineup for today at 9.30. My man, Adam Amin from Fox Sports, will be back with us. Hasn't been with us in the last couple of weeks. Been flying or traveling. He's on the call for Falcons-Colts this uh, Sunday on Fox. So we'll break it down. NFL, NBA, MLB with Adam Amin. And at 10.30, the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard. Auburn coming off a top 10 recruiting class for 2024. They've got some good momentum there. And we'll break it down with... Uh, Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz at 1030. So we're looking forward to that. As I said, your phone calls are welcome. 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. And uh, excited to uh, be with you this morning. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to uh, some topics this morning and uh, go ahead and, and start them off with some Friday morning headlines here. Justin on the show here on the Gary Harris Show. Well, Alabama men's basketball has lost three consecutive games to three top ten teams away from Coleman Coliseum. The losses to Purdue and Creighton in Arizona have put Alabama's record at 6-5 and five overall with a home game on tap tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock against Eastern Kentucky. Alabama head coach Nate Oates isn't happy with losing three straight, but he believes the experience gained will help Alabama when the tide gets into the SEC schedule. He said on... Wednesday night following the game against Arizona. I don't mind playing these non-conference games while they're playing their best basketball. The point is to get some quality wins. We didn't get them. It's also to get us ready for conference play. We just got to use it as a learning tool and get ready for conference play. I think losing exposes a lot. Losing exposes a lot about your character. How tough are your guys? Can they come back and continue to learn? We just got to regather. We got two non-conference games before we get into SEC play. We've got a tough league, but I think we can compete for an SEC championship, and that's our goal right now. 
Well, the December college football signing period began on Wednesday in Alabama eat 23 players in a class that is rated second nationally behind Georgia. Head coach Nick Saban spoke with the media on Wednesday afternoon. And while he did discuss the signing class, he made it clear that his focus is on the upcoming CFP semifinal against Michigan at the Rose Bowl. He said, quote, our focus right now is on the game, all right? We're trying to get ready for a game, and I know we got to recruit, and we're trying to recruit, and there's a lot of stuff, a lot of guys in the portal. There's still some players out there that we're recruiting that we think are outstanding players, so we're continuing to try to do the best job that we can in every regard, from coaching our player standpoint to trying to get quality players to come here, unquote. In other words, it's a busy, busy time for football coaches, especially when you're in the college football playoff. Last night at the Tuscaloosa Gateway Innovation and Discovery Center, what an event. The Ivy Foundation hosted phase one of its holiday gift drive. Families in need picked out gifts for their kids. The Ivy Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization, got help from some recognizable University of Alabama athletes like Crimson Tide wide receiver Jermaine Burton and Tuscaloosa County high running back Kevin Riley, who just signed with the Crimson Tide on Wednesday. This is half of the donated gifts uh, beginning today and through the weekend. Volunteers like Burton and Riley will deliver more gifts in person to needy families around Tuscaloosa and West Alabama. How about that? Certainly a great cause. Well, ESPN's Pete Thamel reported yesterday that UTEP is hiring Kelvin Sigler as the co-DC and safeties coach. He was the defensive backs coach at Jacksonville State under Rich Rodriguez. Sigler lettered for four years at Alabama from 1995 to 1998. During his career, Sigler intercepted six passes, led the team in tackles as a junior, and was one of five permanent captains his senior year. And Florida State called a special board of trustees meeting for this morning. While no formal reason has been posted for the emergency meeting, multiple reports indicate that FSU's athletic future in the ACC will be discussed. The board could approve a legal filing against the Atlantic Coast Conference, which would be the first true step in trying to break the so-called ironclad grant of rights that uh, locks in members through 2036. Several ACC members have spent the past year examining the conference's grant of rights. Though Florida State has been its most vocal critic, Florida State is mere weeks removed from becoming the first undefeated power conference team to be left out of the college football playoff. And that obviously is part of their motivation. Evidently, if they're going to try to do this, of course, not at, you know, making as much money as other conferences. There are a number of reasons. NFL football last night, the Rams are playing great. They beat the Saints last night 30 to 22. LA is in position to get to a uh, playoff game this year. And, uh, boy, the Dodgers just keep dropping it out. Justin, I mean, they are spending over a, what is it, over a billion dollars on two players. My gosh, man. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, Yoshishibo Yamamoto now is, is 12 years, 325 million. That's after they spent over 700 million on Shohei Otane and, uh, I tell you this, if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, you better, you better make it to the World Series this year. You better make it to the World Series maybe the next five years, I think. Yeah, I Um, mean, my gosh, that's that's the budget, that's the budget of some small countries. Some some medium countries even. But the the guy they just signed, um, Yamamoto, he, from Japan, he deserves that amount of money. He's that kind of player. It's just so absurd that it's the same team that we just saw make a Almost okay. $800 million deal. Let me, let, me, let me say this. He doesn't deserve that kind of money. <laughs> you know, to play baseball, nobody deserves this kind of money. Now, You're I don't, right. that doesn't mean I resent him getting it, but to play a, to play a child's game and make the kind of money that these guys are making, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and I understand, um, 
you know, Los Angeles, you know, the, the size of the market, the media there. And, um, you know, obviously the Dodgers aren't in the business of trying to lose money. So they feel like it's going to, it's going to come out on the, on the other side. But, you know, it's just, um, it's just crazy. It is just absolutely crazy what these guys are, are making. It's not, it's not real world money. It is not, it's not normal. It's not, um, um, it's not realistic, but they are getting it. And, and you're right for the Dodgers to get both of these guys. And you're, and you're correct. They're, they're generational talents. Uh, the thing about, you know, this latest signing with, um, the pitcher is that Yamamoto has never thrown an inning in the major leagues. And what makes him really unique is he's 5'10 and 175 pounds. So, you know, don't get me wrong. We've seen guys that, that were power pitchers and had a lot of zip that weren't big, but that's not the normal size of a guy that you're thinking you're going to pay that kind of money to. I mean, you're thinking, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 210, 15, 20 pounds, 5'10", 175 kind of unique. Of course, we remember Pedro Martinez, you know, how hard he could throw and the way he could pitch at his size. And and, and there have been others. Um, you know, Spencer Strider for the Braves, he's a little he's a little thicker, but he's not, you know, he's not a 6'2", 6'3", type pitcher. So, um, you know, the money's out there to be had. If you can play baseball, you can, and you're really, really good at it, you can make a lot of money, but that is just crazy money. All right, it is 9-11 here on the Gary Harris Show. We're off and running. Adam Amin coming up at 9-30. Going around the world of sports with Adam. We look forward to that. Your phone calls are welcome on the First Domain Condominiums hotline, 205-342-9904. We are in the Christmas mood, and I got to tell you, Justin, uh, we call my show Sports and More. As you know, obviously it's sports-related, but... um not all sports, and Fridays normally we have all that great music to get you ready for the weekend. This Friday we're going to be playing Christmas music, and we may have a special guest in studio to sing a Christmas uh, carol for us. Not for sure, but it could happen. We could have somebody pop in here during the show, uh, someone that uh, sings with us on the television side every year. Um, everybody in the community that um, knows Bill Taylor loves him and uh, knows he is a special, special um, person, and there's a chance he may be in the studio today singing for us. I don't know for sure, but uh, that's what we're talking about. And if he does, I promise you it'll bless your heart. We are going to have him playing tonight on WVUA 23 News at 10. Uh, he recorded a song, as he does every year for us earlier in the week, and, and we're going to play it. But listen, we're going to get back to sports, too, because Alabama's getting ready to play in the college football playoff at the Rose Bowl. We've got Alabama men's basketball playing tomorrow afternoon, and uh, plenty of sports topics as well. And... Um, you know, Auburn's playing in the Music City Bowl. We're going to talk about that, as I said, with Brett Pritchard. So anything that you want to talk about, we'd love to have you on the First Domain Condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904. Remember, First Domain Condominiums, luxury condominiums in historic, beautiful, historic downtown Northport. All right, we'll be back with more of the show. We're off and running Christmas music on tap for you today. And we'll be right back after this on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Guthrie's. America's original chicken finger restaurant is now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. As Alabama prepares for the Rose Bowl game against Michigan, 
Quarterback Jalen Milrow met with the media. <laughs> uh, number one with, with the Auburn game, you know, that is a game that we will all remember um, wearing the A. Um, but at the, it was all about finish at that point of the, of the football game, you know. Um, we were able to score, but then our defense in return stops them, and Terion gets a picks, pick, uh, nearly a uh, pick six. So, um, you know, it was all about finish at that point in the game, and then also uh, fundamentally not getting a penalty, you know. So that was good for us for the Auburn game. And then the Georgia game, um, Coach Saban talks about six, 60 minutes and then doing our job. And so to have that final kneel at the end of the game just goes on to uh, holding up the four quarters that we like to do um, at the at the end of or at the end of the third quarter. So um, there's a lot of components that allowed us to be successful in both of those games. I'll have more in a moment. Founded in Haleyville in 1965, Guthrie's Golden Fried Chicken Fingers has been family-owned and operated in Alabama for over 58 years. Like their famous signature dipping sauce, Guthrie's has been imitated but never duplicated. Using the family's original Southern Fried Chicken recipe, Guthrie's is still serving the best chicken fingers in the world. Just like you like them, fresh, hot, and fast. Guthrie's, America's original chicken finger restaurant and now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. Crimson Tide today will be off for the next week for the Christmas holiday, but will return in the new year on January 2nd. Crimson Tide today is brought to you by Guthrie's. Crimson Tide today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Tune in to Tide 100.9 after Evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and Three Special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and three vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather turning warmer today, a mix of sun and clouds with a high at 62. Tonight, fair with a low at 41. Tomorrow, partially sunny, the high 67. Sunday, increasingly cloudy. Rain arrives by Sunday night, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 46 degrees in Tuscaloosa. 
You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. Welcome back in. I thought thought you had me some Christmas music ready, Justin. But we're about to have a special Christmas treat. Uh, Yeah, just leave that right there, BT. All right, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris got uh, Justin Jones here on the other side of the glass. And we've got a very special Christmas treat uh, coming your way, and uh, we've been doing this on the the TV side for a number of years. Um, very special person, Bill Taylor, comes in and sings uh, "Oh Holy Night," and he sang this morning over on ninety five three The Bear with uh, Steve in DC, and now he's in the studio here. And many of you know Bill, um, and what a what a fantastic person he is, and a you know a really key part of our community and uh you know bill and i go to go to lunch and we go to dinner from time to time good morning bill how are you i'm good gary how about you doing really really well you up early with us this morning huh yes sir you already awesome. sang over on the bear yes sir and of course you sang with us uh on the tv side uh, the other other afternoon that we're going to play tonight on the 10 o'clock news yes sir i appreciate that gary yeah. all right folks get back and get ready for a treat justin has got the music ready. <clears throat> All right, Bill, you ready? Yes, sir. All right, this is Oh Holy Night. Go ahead and play it, Justin. Appreciate you, man, and uh, have a have a very merry Christmas. And uh, just hold tight in that chair because I don't want you to try to get up so I can help you. So we'll we'll finish up the segment here, and you can listen to me talk about a little sports for a few okay, minutes. How about fine. that? All right, thank you, sir. And I hope that was as 
big a blessing for you all as it was for us here TV station, Bill. So just hold tight. We'll get to you in a minute. Bill Taylor, everybody, singing Oh Holy Night here on the Gary Harris Show. All right, we're going to get back to the sports talk. As I said, phone lines are open on the First Amendment Condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904. All right, some thoughts on this Florida State situation because, again, we don't know for sure what is going to happen, but we know this. Florida State is not happy in the Atlantic Coast Conference, uh, but like so many um of those schools, all of those schools, really, uh, they're locked into that grant of rights. It looks as though, and of course, everybody's lawyered up. I understand that. But it looks as though it would cost really um, millions and millions of dollars, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe for them to get out of the ACC. But they were already unhappy, and then they got left out of the college football playoff with a perfect 13-0 record. I think some of their thoughts are that that is because they're in the ACC and uh, they'll have that meeting this morning and we'll know more obviously there are reporters there covering it and once we get out of the meeting we'll know more about what they want to do but they desperately want out of the ACC and that 20 year contract with ESPN which pays out um, in the low 30 million dollar range per school annually the deal was supposed to bring stability but since it was signed the SEC and Big Ten have expanded and gotten far richer media rights packages it's expected the schools in those leagues will make upward of twice as much as the Seminoles and the rest of the ACC members going forward so for FSU obviously that they don't see that as a sustainable model the question is what if they're you know successful in this what if what if they are able to get out of the ACC where, where will they go you know what conference will they be able to get in you know obviously the sec and the, the big 10 kind of lead the way i'm not sure the sec is interested in florida state i'm not sure the sec is interested in in expanding past the 16 teams that they're going to have this coming school year with oklahoma and texas coming in and you know do you try to take some other schools with you you know the future of college sports is uncertain regardless but this is even going to make it more uncertain if Florida State is successful. You know, I, I think the Big Ten is probably a better option, even though that doesn't fit the geographic footprint. What's geographic footprint's got to do with anything anymore? I mean, we've got the Pac-12 disbanding. You know, most of those schools are, are, are going to other leagues, including the Big Ten, of course, with USC and UCLA. And now you've got a situation where um, Florida State might be joining a league that has no geographic alliance to they're part of the country. I still think at some point in time, we've, we've gonna, we're gonna have to have a college football commissioner or, or someone in charge of college football. And college football is gonna have to be treated differently than the other sports, in my opinion. And maybe we will wind up having the one mega conference with different smaller brackets out of that conference or whatever. You know, you have a 60-14 power conference and then maybe you have, you know, eight divisions and those eight teams, the winner of each one of those divisions within that power five conference play an 18 playoff or something i don't know but it's um it's for sure that florida state wants out of the atlantic coast conference now again catch that phone for me justin if you don't mind now again if whether or not they're able to do that uh remains to be seen i mean that's just again they're meeting this morning but my feeling is in this meeting um they're coming with with ammunition and they're coming with the idea of, hey, we want a change and we want out of the Atlantic Coast Conference. And, you know, we're going to see. All right, let's jump out on the first domain condominiums hotline and welcome in Tom to the program. Good morning, Tom. Hey, buddy. What's going on? I think you nailed it right there just in the last 
few seconds. And now that uh, the SEC, we do not want Clemson, and we do not want uh, Miami, and we sure don't want uh, Florida State. But uh, can I give my prediction? Absolutely. <clears throat> Here's what I think is happening, and I think it's been happening for a long time. I think uh, <clears throat> the hierarchy uh, – uh, Commissioner Slive on and now with uh, Commissioner Sankey, I think they've had their eye on Duke and North Carolina for a long time for the basketball brand. True. And I think that they are waiting in the bushes and uh, they will spurn any football uh, team or, or power from the ACC because you don't gain anything. Look at the iconic brands that's in the SEC right now. Mm-hmm. And all these people that run, let me tell y'all something. Y'all listen to this. You run around here. Ben Bell don't bring nothing to the conference. We're going to have to get rid of this. Let me tell you something. Ain't nobody getting rid of Vanderbilt or Missouri or anybody else. Get that in your little pipe and you smoke that up real good. Now, the reason for that is, that's right, they're not iconic brands like Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, LSU, so forth and so on. But they've got that SEC patch on that shoulder pad. That makes them iconic. You hear me? I hear you. Now, and then back to what I was getting at, Duke and North Carolina are also looking to get out from under that uh, that uh, jack leg. TV contract with ACC. They're wanting to move on. And they've been watching these checks go out yep. down here in the SEC for uh, several years now, and they want their, they want it too. And that's who everybody else is hollering football. We're, we got football taken care of. We're looking to boost our uh, basketball brand, and that, you got to admit, that would do it. I hear you, Tom. Great thoughts, man. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny in sports how many times this happens when you sign a contract, whether it be a conference or an athlete or someone else, and you think at the time, hey, we're in good shape, and then not long after, the contract that you sign looks absolutely horrible. And that's what happened to the ACC with their TV deal. Now it looks – it's it's been lapped, and, you know, they're well, not happy. I'll tell you so. something. Gary, listen to this one. I, I tell you, this past summer, the, the, and nobody nobody – stops to think about this, but the stuff that was going on, on behind closed doors between Florida State and uh, and the con- and the ACC conference, I, listen, let me tell you something, there's some bad blood passed under that bridge. Yes, sir. I agree with you. Hey, you got to hit the break. Get ready for Adam Amin, Tom. Thank you, my friend. Merry All Christmas. Right, see you, buddy. All right, Merry Christmas. All right, 928. We're going to get to the break. BT, thank you, buddy, for coming in and singing Oh Holy Night for us, getting us in the Christmas spirit. We'll come back with Adam Amin of Fox Sports next, right here on the Gary Harris Show on Ty 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. It's time to ring in the new year right. Bama, a winner over the Georgia Bulldogs, claiming the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Michigan Wolverines in the college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl. Our coverage starts at 1 on New Year's Day on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner too. Crispy. 
Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. Great Christmas carols this morning again. I want to thank Bill Taylor for coming in. Uh, such a special person in our community and and uh, just beloved. And he came in and sang uh, "Oh Holy Night" for us here in studio, and we really appreciate that. But we're going to get back on the sports train right now. And haven't been able to visit with Adam Amin in a few weeks because he's been in the air or he's been meeting with coaches or all the things that he does as a play-by-play broadcaster for the National Football League for Fox. Of course, uh, television voice of the Chicago Bulls, Major League Baseball, does a little bit of everything. But Adam Amin is back with us to celebrate the holidays. And uh, Adam, good to have you here as we get ready to close in on another Christmas. And of course, you get ready to close in on another NFL assignment this Sunday. Good morning. Good morning, my friend. Great to talk to you as always. Well, I'm anxious to start with your game Sunday because we have D. Orlando Ledbetter on every week for the Falcons report from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. And boy, he and I had a, we, we, we had some fun yesterday because the Falcons, <laughs> man, um, having followed them for a long time, nobody can, def, you know, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory better than the Atlanta Falcons. And just a couple of weeks ago, they had won three in a row. Uh, they were in the catbird seat. They looked like they were on the way to the NFC South, and they blow a game at home to Tampa. And then just inexplicably, as happy as I was for Bryce Young and the Panthers, to lose to Carolina uh, the way that they did. And and now they're looking up at, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and this is, you know, let's be honest. Uh, they probably um, need to win out, and, and certainly it starts Sunday for them against the Colts. Yeah, they need some help too, because uh, you know you don't always have you don't necessarily have the tiebreakers either. You know the Bucks had the tiebreak going into last week, and yeah, an inexplicable loss. You know, and I understand the conditions were poor, and that you know that always has an effect on the game. And then both coaches thought that that would be the case, but it felt like Atlanta came in very confident last week, thinking, all right, well, this is a bad Carolina team. We should win the battle up front on both sides of the football. And and again, not having Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry and two very important linemen having, you know, essentially three different starting offensive linemen. I know that's going to affect your team as well. But these are kind of excuses for a team that, frankly, has a lot more roster talent than their win-loss record would show. And it's got to be frustrating, I would imagine, for Atlanta fans to watch. But John Robinson not be as heavily involved, even though he had a fumble late, you know, in the the second half last week. It's got to be frustrating to not see Drake London get a target, you know, or, or even get a catch until, you know, the second half of the game after he had such a great game against Tampa Bay. Uh, it's got to be frustrating to not have Kyle Pitts involved as uh, as much as they'd like. It's got to be frustrating to not have 
the type of pass rush that, frankly, this team should be able to generate with some of the talent they have. So uh, I think it's been a rough year, uh, all things considered, when you look at how talented the roster seemingly is. Uh, and, and listen, the, a lot of the problems go back to the quarterback, and that's been the criticism, and that's why they're making a change this week. That's why Taylor Heineke's getting the start, and we're going to meet with him later today. And you know, there's a reason that, that he's getting the opportunity again because they, they know that their backs are up against the wall. They basically, like you said, need to win out. And they need to have an opportunity to do that against a fairly, you know, I'm not going to say weak schedule. These are important games, and, and the Colts are going to be no pushover. Uh, the Bears are going to have something to fight for in terms of just pride and and and, and trying to get Justin Fields into a good position. Uh, you know, those guys are going to be kind of auditioning for jobs next week. So that's not going to be an easy game against Chicago. And then you have a divisional game to close out the season. So all three of these games are going to be very, very difficult, and they felt like Taylor Heineke was the best shot to, to give them an opportunity to win. Yeah, and and at the same time, I mean, I look at this quarterback situation, and, and I just think it's been botched. I mean, I, I, I'm i trying to figure out what Arthur Smith's plan was last year for Desmond Ritter, and, and then you get this year, now you're playing musical chairs, and nothing against Tyler Heineke, but, I mean, he is what he is. I mean, he's a cast-off of the Washington Commanders. He's basically a backup-type quarterback. Uh, you know, I still think he's probably known more for drinking, you know, natural light beer than he is being a winning quarterback in the NFL, and, <laughs> and you got to turn to him to to try to try to bail you out here it's just it's not an ideal situation adam this deep into the season yeah it's not ideal by any means now, now in taylor's defense i think he you know he's he's played in big games he's, he's started a playoff game he has more playoff experience than frankly a lot of quarterbacks in the nfl That's right true. now gardner you know gardner Minshew's playing very well for the colts he's never played in a playoff game you know and, and taylor heineke has performed well in one a couple of years ago against tampa bay for washington so at the very least, he's got some kind of experience. You know, I've called a lot of Taylor Heineke games going back this time in Green, in Washington. Saw him against Green Bay. Saw him against the Falcons. Saw him a few times last year when he took over for Carson Wentz. Saw him a couple of years ago when he took over for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think you know, you you you, you take the good with the bad mm-hmm. with with Heineke. And then you're right; he is essentially a a, a pure backup quarterback for a reason. And you're going to take what you get from him. But you have big playability. And I think that's what Atlanta's been missing most of this season with their receivers, you know. And, and Desmond Ritter has talent. Uh, Mark Schlereth, my partner, was was calling this out, and I think it's a very apt analysis of the quarterback when he only has to make one read and he's looking on his front side, meaning the, the first side he's looking to, and usually that's that's it. You know, that's the first read that you have. That's your front side read, and that's usually the quickest route usually the first route that's about to develop. So it's an intermediate, short to intermediate route. And when you have that as your main route and your receiver wins that route and he throws that route, he looks really good. It's when you get into a team, when you play a team that has good coverage or is playing well defensively, that takes away your first and second read. When he has to look on the backside, meaning your third read, that's when he really gets into trouble. Because now he his timing is off. He, he has some arm talent, but not the level of arm talent that it takes to really deliver balls into tight windows on the backside of routes, uh, route combination. So that's where he's gotten into a lot of trouble. And then in the red zone, you know, that, that, that interception he had last week was a dreadful throw, uh, in, in the fourth quarter that allowed Carolina to take over. And, and by the way, the defense should be a little frustrated too, giving up a 95 yard drive to, to Bryce Young and company to, to set up that game winning field goal last week. So anyway, Desmond Ritter has a lot of turnover issues. A lot of his issues come on the third read. 
And you can't really afford that this time of year. Because guess what? If you want to be a playoff team, these are detailed things that you can't really afford to mess up. So the good that Heineke brings you is that he can deliver deep balls. He's a risk taker. We always compare. He was a big Brett Favre fan growing up. Uh, that's why he wore number four. I'm assuming for the football reasons. So like he is a big fan of his. He's a gunslinger type of player. And you take the good with the bad. You would get a lot of big plays from him in Washington. You'd also get a lot of mistakes from him. So I think this is a risky move, and, and especially over the course of three games, to try not to make too many mistakes and be in a position to win games and, and try to get to the playoffs. But you know, you're you're taking big risks, but you have a chance for a big reward at the end of it. Let's stay in the NFC, Adam, and, and let's look at the top uh, because it, you know, with all the instant analysis shows that we have, I mean, it's funny how how one week you're the you're the best, you lose one game in this league, and some of these guys are ready to write you off. But I do want to ask about the Eagles because they had that uh, kind of that aura of just uh, you know we're going to find a way to win the game, and um, that's not happening now. Of course, they had the two lopsided losses to two two really good teams with the Forty ers and the Cowboys, but then. Last Monday night in Seattle, they let one get away. But watching this team, uh, you know, and you and I both watched Jalen Hurts a lot. He, you know, the illness aside, he played sick on, on Monday night. But the, the knee's not right. I mean, you can watch it. Yeah. It, it. He has not run the same way really all season. And um, when the, he can't do that, they are a little limited offensively. But when you look at the Eagles, do you see a team that's reeling? Or do you see a team that, you know, they just need to win a game and kind of get back on track? What do you see from Philadelphia? I think some, you know, we talk about details this time of year, and I think there's some detail stuff. I think the knee issue is also affecting some of his timing uh, on some of his throws. I don't think his throws have been as sharp as uh, as we've been used to seeing. Uh, I wonder if, you know, the drive on some of these balls is, is being affected, you know, to, to have some of these throws to A.J. Brown be in, in more dangerous spots than we're used to watching, right? Uh, not getting the tight ends involved as often. Not being able to, like you said, be able to run the ball as effectively as we're so used to seeing Jalen Hurts run the ball. You know, he's so powerful in his bottom half. The, you know, it's part of the reason why those, those short yardage plays have been so successful and those haven't been as successful. Now it's still better than, you know, most of the league is, is running it. They, they, they still run it at a higher level than most teams than pretty much every team in the NFL. But, you know, it just hasn't been as effective at times. There have been a lot more stops on those types of plays over the last month. So I think the knee is bothering him. I think. Uh, there are some detailed things that I'm just not really seeing. I, I'm not really understanding why we're seeing some of the, the mistakes that we're seeing from him at various points. So uh, I do think they do. They they need to win a game. You know, the the number one seed would have been huge for them to get a little bit of rest mm-hmm. going into of a, an eventual uh, divisional game. But uh, you know, obviously that doesn't seem to be in the cards. It looks like the 49ers are closer to locking that up. And you know, I'll see San Francisco next week in in DC. So we'll see what the what they look like come week 17. But I think, uh, I, I do think a, a win would help. Uh, I do think a detail, a detail oriented, sharp game would probably get a lot of those guys back on track. But again, defensively too, you know, James Bradbury hasn't been as good in coverage over the last couple of weeks. You know, I do think they're missing some of what they had last season in their linebacking court. Their linebackers just aren't as good. You know, TJ Edwards left, Kaiser White left. Let's go take bigger free agent contracts. And I think that's affected them a little bit too. So 
it's not just all on Jalen Hurts, but I do think a lot of it has has to do with the knee, and a lot of it has to do with some of the detail stuff that we're used to seeing that we're not seeing right now. And the Cowboys, uh, Dak's an MVP candidate, then they go to Buffalo and, and and get tagged, and all of a sudden he's he's back to being a bum. I mean, it's just amazing the way this stuff works these days. But uh, Cowboys are a good team, we know that, and um, you know we we understood what they were going up against there in Buffalo. But uh, it is disappointing that, that you're playing so well, and they didn't just lose the game. I mean, they got they got just yeah. beat up physically. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot to the same deal with Dallas, too. They're not running the ball as effectively as we're used to seeing it as well. You know, and, and again, Buffalo is a desperate team, but it's better defensively than I think, you know, even even their kind of middling record over the course of the first several weeks of the season would show. Uh, I think they're better than what, what we've seen early in the season. I think they're playing at a much better level. Josh Allen's playing at a much better level. But, yeah, Dak is, you know, it's, I've, it's more hit than miss for sure. But some of the misses just feel really magnified. And everything that you do as the quarterback of the Cowboys is going to feel a little bit more magnified, right? Uh, any mistake that you make is going to feel a little bit more glaring. And every game is a, is a, an indictment or a referendum on how we should view you as a person or a player and how the organization is going to be viewed. And I'm sure Jerry Jones is not helping that cause because everybody wants to know what Jerry's thinking and he always tells you what he's thinking right away. So there, there's a lot involved in what Dallas has been trying to do. I, I'm. This is such a top-heavy NFC, right, Gary? I mean, we, we look mm-hmm. at the middle of it, and it's the Falcons are six and eight; they're still in it, and they were in the wild card hunt, nonetheless. So, not just oh, well, a bad NFC South team is going to win the division, or a team under five hundred is going to win that division. They might still get a wild card team in with eight wins, you know, or not, you know, at this point of the season. So, there's a there, there's a lot to kind of shake your head at in the NFC this year, the Cowboys included. You know, outside of San Francisco, we haven't really seen a team that has been super consistent. And even that, there were some moments earlier in the year where you're kind of shaking your head when San Francisco lost a couple of games. They lost to Cleveland early in the season, when, you know, before we realized that, that Cleveland was a pretty viable team. So it's a very top-heavy conference right now. So it's it's hard to kind of parse through a lot of the mid-level teams in the conference right now. Adam Ami with us from uh, from Fox Sports. Obviously, the 49ers look right, 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 right now that they're going to get the home field and they're going to be hard to handle. Where do the Lions fit in? You talk about being, you know, top heavy conference and, and Detroit's 10 and 4. And yet, I don't sense that people that follow the NFL still consider them to be where these other teams that we're discussing are at. I think when you have three decades of, uh, of, <laughs> of troubles and, and uh, torture for your fan base, I think that has a lot to do with it. I've seen a lot of Detroit this year, probably more than any other team in the NFL or at least in the NFC this season. And I've seen the really good and I've seen the, the kind of, you know, head scratching. Uh, you know, we did the, their game in Chicago a couple of weeks ago where the Bears won. And I walked out of both meetings thinking, I think the Bears are going to win this game. I think there was a level of confidence that Chicago was playing with at that point. And there were some issues that Detroit was dealing with up front that it affected them. When they're healthy, their offensive line is as good as any I think I've seen in the NFL. Right up there with Philadelphia, right up there with Cleveland. Uh, there, there's a, it's just a really strong group up front. Frank Ragnow has had some injury issues. Halapuli Vadi Vaitai has been injured. They're, they've, they've had to patchwork their line a little bit. And I don't, I don't think that's helped. But more importantly, I think they're, it's up to their defense. I, I have confidence in Jared Goff behind a good offensive line. I don't have confidence in Jared Goff behind a shaky offensive line. And that's not kind of in his MO going back to his Los Angeles days when they made the Super Bowl is because their offensive line was really, really good. So if he's protected, he's fine. Sam Laporte is great. Amon Ross St. Brown is great. 
They have a really good running game. I have a lot of confidence in their offense when their offensive line is healthy. If they can't generate a pass rush, then they're really putting themselves at risk on defense because Aaron Glenn's back end on the uh, on the defensive side has been suspect for a while. And that's, again, I, th- I think that has a lot to do with what they do up front. You know, you you hear a lot about it with with your Alabama guys marrying the coverage with their pass rush. And, they, you know, Alabama always has such elite-level players uh, I feel like you guys see that often. Mm-hmm. You guys know what I'm talking about when I say marrying the two the, the two portions of your defense. They have yet to do that for more than two weeks at a time this season. Where you know you go three straight games, you go wow, Aiden Hutchinson really tore apart that the opposing team's offensive line, and that caused a couple sacks or that caused a bad throw that led to an interception. Like we just haven't seen that very consistently for Detroit this season. So uh, until they get that straightened out, until Hutchinson and John Kaminsky and some of these guys like Charles Harris has been a real disappointment this year. Uh, until some of these guys start to generate some more of a pass rush and more of a consistent pass rush, which is something you desperately need come playoff time, uh, I don't know if I, I can trust their defense. I think their offense is going to be fine, but they, they need to generate sacks and takeaways because that's those splash plays are the things that get you wins come playoff time and, and really this time of year as well down the stretch of the regular season. Adam, in the AFC, there really is a... a, a... A lot of discussion about who's the best team. I mean, it's easy to look at the Ravens because of the way they play defense, but with the Dolphins as explosive as they are. And what a game, you know, for the Cowboys and the Dolphins uh, this Sunday. Yeah. And for Miami, I don't know that I've ever seen a quarterback picked on as much as Tua has been picked on by media people. Yeah. But, you know, the, you know, the knock on the Dolphins. Yeah, they're going to beat up on the bad teams. They're going to put up big numbers on the bad teams, but they can't, they can't beat the top teams. Well, they get a shot on Sunday at home against the, the, the Cowboys. Yeah, there's a big, big opportunity for them. And, you know, watching some of the hard knock stuff, we had Miami a few weeks ago. So I, I got a chance to meet with Mike McDaniel and, and see this crew and kind of see, and, and we, we chatted with Tua, who's, you know, as, as, as just as you guys remember him, he is delightful and, uh, just gracious with his time and, and very upbeat and very positive, has a smile on his face, is always willing to make a joke. He's, he's one of the best kids you're going to be around. And you guys already know that, but. It's, he does get picked on and, and it is a week to week thing. And watching some of the hard knock stuff, you kind of see Mike McDaniel kind of standing in front of the train, right? He's, he's saying that I'm, it's on me. Like you guys have, like, I can't be upset that Tua has to throw a fade, you know, a fade away on third and goal from the four yard line when I have a trash design. And, and I love that, you know, their head coach takes, uh, you know, takes responsibility for that and takes accountability for that. That's something that, will always be appreciated by players, by coaches, by media, by fans. I think people will just appreciate when somebody is willing to take accountability, especially for a team that has had overall a very, very, very good season. So uh, I think there's there's something to that. I think there's something to kind of figure that out. But, you know, the part of part of taking accountability is also being willing to take the blame when things don't go well. And if things don't go well, down this final, you know, stretch of the season in Miami. You know, Miami's going to be in the playoffs more than likely, but, you know, are they going to be in a position to have a, a favorable matchup? Are they going to be in a position to have a home game? These types of things are, are what they're parsing through right now. And if they don't perform well, Mike McDaniel is going to have a lot of heat on him as well, you know, for, for whatever reason. As much as you like him, as much as you enjoy him, as much as you love the quotes, as much as you appreciate the time you spend with him, and I certainly did. You know, he's going to have a lot of heat on his shoulders when, you know, if, if and when they don't succeed down the stretch of this season. So I, I do feel like there's unnecessary criticism of Tua. 
I think there's unnecessary criticism of the team in general. And I do appreciate Mike kind of standing in the way of a lot of it. And that has deflected some of the attention away from too unrightfully so. Cause I do think he's, he's been tagged unfairly with a lot of, mm-hmm. some, you know, a lot of the criticism that he, uh, that he's faced over the course of this season. All right. Before we, uh, ask you about a couple of things about MLB and in the NBA, if I have time, uh, just your, your, reaction to the job that D'Amico Ryans has done with Houston Texans, and particularly this past Sunday, without Stroud, without Will Anderson Jr., without Nico Collins, going into Tennessee and and, and finding a way to win that game in overtime. And, of course, there's a three-way logjam at the top of the AFC South, and the Houston Texans at eight and six. I love D'Amico. I I knew he would do a good job. No way would I have foreseen that they would be tied for first in their division, even though it's not a great division this late in the year. I I mean, he's my coach of the year. You know, we were having this this, this discussion a couple of weeks ago, and you know, who are the guys that, that you look at? And, and listen, Coach of the Year is usually based off two things, right? It's two narratives. We thought you were going to be bad and you turned out you don't, you're not bad. Or you have the best roster and you're playing like it. You know, so who are the most obvious options at this point? It's probably Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans, right? San Francisco's the best team. Houston's one of the biggest surprises. But to have a rookie quarterback, to have so many young players and to have a, a system that had very little traction a season ago and to come in and kind of change things around. I've been thoroughly impressed. And I, I've talked to you about D'Amico before, Gary, when he was in San Francisco. He was one of our favorite coordinators to deal with because he was, you could just tell that this guy had an eye for, for you know, the, the overarching things that you needed to keep an eye on for when you want to run a football team. Like he had CEO written all over him, right? He, he had, an understanding of how the locker room works. It always helps when you, when you had a very successful NFL career, sure. which he obviously did, but his acumen for, for running defense and then to have the trust that he's had in, in Bobby Slovic. I, I think Bobby Slovic deserves a lot of credit too. And that's a great hire by the Houston Texans because that's a very young coordinator who's got a very young quarterback and a very young offense. And yet they've been able to find the right combination to put, you know, their quarterbacks into, into, positions to win and to do it with a backup last week is even more impressive. So I, I think D'Amico's the, in my estimation, he's, he's been for the last month in my head, he's been the coach of the year, even if they hadn't finished up, uh, you know, with a over 500 record, even if they don't make the playoffs, I, I still think he's the coach of the year to kind of take that franchise that had very little direction, the second worst record in the NFL last year, all the young talent that they came in with rookie quarterback for most of the season and to win like they've, they've been winning that's it's just really impressive and, and he's been a good guy and a good rep- a representative of that organization for for this season all right time goes too fast when i'm talking with you but i want to get your your take on on the dodgers and uh even with your experience calling major league baseball and knowing what the financial situation is and knowing what kind of money los angeles has did you ever dream you would see an organization spend more than a billion dollars on two baseball players no i mean this is it's wild to think that this is this is where we've come to but you know, there's no rule in the CBA um, about uh, deferring money. You know, they've they're, they've they've played the system well. They already had plenty of capital to use. Now they're using it within the loopholes of the system. So, I guess if somebody was going to do it, it was going to be the Dodgers. It's uh, not surprising that they shelled out as much money as they did for Otani. And, and somebody was going to do it. The Cubs were open to do it. Giants were open to do it. The Yankees were open to do it. I'm not shocked by any means that it, it ended up being the Dodgers, but. To, to do it twice and to bring in this level of talent. I mean, now the pressure is really on. You know, the 2020 World Series is one thing in a 60-game season. There's significant pressure going back to last year, what we saw the collapse against Arizona this year. Uh, there's there's a lot of pressure on that organization right now, even if it's, uh, you know, most 
money is going to be deferred. Was going to be six hundred and forty million or six hundred and thirty million of that is going to be deferred to the back end of the contract. So, uh, a lot of pressure now. Uh, not as not as if there wasn't already, but a lot of pressure on that organization to win immediately and to win not just one, but to win several times over the next five years. Awesome stuff, Adam. Uh, next time we visit, we'll jump into a little NBA. Uh, but uh, all out of time. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, and enjoy the call Sunday on the uh, Colts and the Falcons in Atlanta. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, Adam Amin, awesome stuff. It's 954. We'll break away, come back and wrap up this first hour right after this. Coming up, Coming up on the game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Friday edition of the game, we'll feature Will Lowry, former defensive back at the University of Alabama. We'll talk to Brent Beard. We'll also feature Rodney or TiterInsider.com, all starting at 2 p.m. on a free-for-all Friday sponsored by Brian Harden Construction. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9. 100.9 app. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. The weather turning warmer today. A mix of sun and clouds with a high at 62. Tonight fair with a low at 41. Tomorrow partially sunny. The high 67. Sunday increasingly cloudy. Rain arrives by Sunday night. The high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 48 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to the Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Yeah, nothing but Christmas tunes this morning here as we get ready to go into the weekend, the holiday weekend, Christmas Eve on Sunday, Christmas Day on Monday. Uh, reminder that um, we won't be here, obviously, Monday. <laughs> We're going to take Christmas off, just so uh, not that there was any doubt about that. But that's going to wrap it up for hour number one. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Member owned and not for profit. It's just a better way of banking. Find out more at alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Hour number two is coming up, and uh, we're going to get it started off with some phone calls. We got the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard at 1030. More Christmas music and uh, more festive uh, discussion on the Gary Harris Show. The second hour is on the way. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Paramount. Patterson 2011 Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. 
Here's Nick Cole. On a Thursday night football, the Rams held off the Saints 30-22. to Matthew Stafford, 328 yards and two touchdowns. Puka Nakua, the Rams rookie receiver, 164 yards and a score. L.A. has now won five of six. They improved to eight and seven and move into the number six seed in the NFC. While New Orleans falls to seven and eight, and they're a half game out of the seven seed and a half game back of the Buccaneers at the top of the NFC South. In baseball, the Dodgers landed Japanese star pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto, a 12-year, $325 million deal. In college football, reports say LSU offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock is leaving Baton Rouge to return to Notre Dame and be their offensive coordinator. Denbrock previously spent 10 years as an assistant for the Irish. And in the NBA, Timberwolves beat the Lakers 118-111. Now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. Earlier 12 days of safety underway for the holidays and highlights risky driving behavior and the potential consequences. 15 people died on state highways over the Thanksgiving weekend. Tuscaloosa State Representative Chris England has pre-filed a bill for the February legislative session that would raise the sales tax on products all online. A bill pre-filed by West Alabama Republican State Senator April Weaver of Briarville would make it a felony for porch pirates to steal a package worth more than $500. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show, the Friday TGI, TGIF holiday edition rolls on. And uh, we got phone calls to get to here in the second hour. This hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Patterson Comer, attorneys at law. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients with integrity and excellence. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer right here with feet on the ground in West Alabama. Paul is in Tuscaloosa. You can reach him at 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport. You can reach him at 205-759-3939. If you need a personal injury attorney, uh, Patterson Comer is the law firm that I recommend, and they'll be with you all the way. And remember, never any money out of pocket unless they win for you. The commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Patterson Comer Attorneys, PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, we got phone calls to get to on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, and Corey has been holding for a while, so Corey is going to lead us off, and then we'll get to the cowboy. Good morning, Corey. Good morning, Gary. How are you doing this Doing morning? well. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Um, have you been able to keep up with any more any bowl games lately? Because um, I'll tell you what, South Florida put it on in Syracuse last night. Yeah, I had that uh, one on in the sports office at the TV station. It was an absolutely uh, beat down. And, and, you know, South Florida, we saw early in the year. Um, you know, even though Alabama was not playing with Milrow and had questions at that point in, in regards to who they – or as a football team, you know, South Florida fought in that game and took it into the fourth quarter and wound up six and six and then, uh, just absolutely waylaid, uh, Syracuse. What did that wind up? 45 to nothing or something like that, Corey? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was it. 
Yeah, so I've been watching um, some ball games. I saw that really good comeback by Western Kentucky against Old Dominion. Uh, an amazing comeback there. They came back from, I guess, what, down 28 to nothing maybe or something like that in one. And, of course, we got the Camellia Bowl coming up in Montgomery this weekend. So, yeah, I've been tracking some of the bowls. Who do you have today? All right, give me the game. Yeah, Georgia Tech in uh, Central Florida. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, that is a good one. And you're gonna have to make me. You have to let me think for a second because I'm. I'll, I think both of those teams are are good teams. I think. I think Georgia Tech's been a little more consistent this year than has um, Central Florida. And yeah, it's the Union. I always have to look up the names now of these games. It's the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl uh, down in Tampa. So you you know UCF just coming across from Orlando. I don't know. I gosh, that's a tough game to pick. I would not have. I would not want to have to be wagering on that game. I'm going to go with it being in Florida. I'm going to go ahead and go with Central Florida. What about you? Yeah, um, I, I can see that though. I don't know if it really has anything to do with it, but the way Georgia Tech played against Georgia, putting up all those rushing yards, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we know, and we know Georgia has a much better defense than Central Florida. You would think that maybe they could carry that over. In the bowl game, I'll go with Georgia Tech, though I'm not real confident with it. But I, I could I could see Georgia Tech winning this game. Um, you know, uh, with the Rose Bowl being out, did you did you see what Jalen Miro and Jared Arnold did with the length shirt? I did, I did. Yeah, going to give every one of their their teammates a opportunity to capitalize off of length. Yep, pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Um, do, do you really think there's nothing really to the Elijah Bridget thing? Like nothing real as far as the team goes. There's nothing really, really. No, I, I, you know, I mentioned it yesterday. I mean, I, I don't. It's one of those deals that you know. I I think that a lot. You know, he's got youthful offender status. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, but he will he will be you know he'll be a part of the program going forward. And um, um, I think that the team will not. You know, it won't be an issue for them. Um, looking at the NFL, I know you just got Adam Amino. Amino, I think that uh, I think the best game obviously is um, uh, Dolphins and Cowboys, but it the the AFC is is wide open because if because you got Baltimore trying to secure the top seed, the Dolphins trying to get a home game and playoff game, and the, the Cowboys trying to fend off the Eagles and. If everything goes in a certain way, it'd be Baltimore, uh, Miami, Kansas City, and uh, it would be the top three. And I don't know to get the four spot, but the the, the thing is, is the, the NFL, like you've always said, is so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know who's going to win each week. That's right. Yeah, I mean, the the whole key for the NFL is just to get in the tournament. I mean, obviously, if you've got home field throughout the playoffs, that that is an advantage. But we've we've seen teams that you know had home field get get beat in in the first round. I mean, the you know it, it is it's 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 probably the hardest sport um, to predict the postseason because it's it's one game. You know, it's it's not like the NBA where best of five or best of seven series. It's really hard for a, a team. 
to upset somebody because you got to beat them multiple times. But in the NFL, man, it's one it's one game. It's about matchups. I mean, it's about an injury. You know, last year the 49ers, you know, they had no shot against the Eagles because, you know, they lost their quarterback. And so there's so many things that go into it. it it's But it, it makes it fun. It makes it unpredictable. And, um, you know, it's going to be – these next few weeks are going to be important because they're going to kind of set, as you said, set the playoff schedule and set the uh, the home field in the playoffs. And it's going to be – I always love – I love the NFL playoffs, so I can't wait. I can't remember if it was yesterday or if it was Wednesday or it said on, on <clears throat> Alabama softball's Twitter where it said 50 days away, and it's coming fast. It is. It'll be here before you know it. Once once we get uh, we get through these holidays and we get into the new year, softball and baseball will be back playing before you can snap your fingers, man. I mean, it'll be it's that it's that fast, Corey. It just the time just flies by. When you're when you're a sportscaster like I am, the sports calendar keeps it going even faster. Because you do kind of track it through sports, and you know, okay, it's basketball season, then it's softball season, then it's, you know, it's baseball season, then it, it's a couple months off in the summer, then it's football again. It just, it never really ends, man. It just, it just keeps on rolling, the, and the, the days, and the weeks, and the months, and the years go by fast, fast, fast. And speaking of basketball, they need to start picking up some wins, and they got a little five game stretch where they can, because. Uh, they're not going to be very many opportunities where you can pick up, guaranteed to pick up wins. Well, obviously you got to get one tomorrow. And then uh, I guess Eastern Kentucky the next Saturday in Birmingham, they need to beat Liberty and then get into the SEC and get off to a fast start. And, and all this will be, they'll be fine if they can do that. Problem now is when you're six and five, you've got five losses, whether they're good teams or not. You don't want to let those losses keep mounting on you. You're right. You got to win the next two. You got to be eight and five. You need to get off to a fast start. You know, Vanderbilt's not a good team. You know, you need to get off to a fast start in the SEC and, and, and maybe get this thing to 10 and five or 11 and five. And then you feel good about where you're headed, but you know, can't, can't afford any more losses for a little bit. I agree with you. They need to win some games. Yeah, because, I mean, even though Purdue, Creighton, and Arizona are good teams, maybe except the Arizona game, which I didn't watch until it was too late, Alabama had a chance to potentially win those games. Well, they had a chance to win the Arizona game. I mean, that game didn't get get pulled. You know, they didn't pull away until late. I mean, they they had a chance to win every one of those games. But they didn't win any of them. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, as I said yesterday, you know, it's about wins and losses ultimately. And, um, you know, Alabama needs to stack some wins. So, But I think they'll get one tomorrow. And, you know, you get a win and you go ahead and get a little momentum back and you, and you go from there. Hey, great call, Corey. You have a Merry Christmas, Betty, okay? You too, Gary. Roll Tide. Thank you. Good to hear from you. All right, let's uh, stay on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in Cowboy. Good morning, Cowboy. Hey, Gary. How are you? Doing well. Well, you ready for Christmas? Well, uh, <laughs> ready or not, I guess I could say. I, I'm really not ready, but, you know, I've got tomorrow to do some stuff, so I'll try to try to do a lot tomorrow. I'm really not really not ready, but I'll try to get ready. Well, that's good. Um, what do you think in that NFL game tomorrow? Pittsburgh and Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, Steelers are reeling. Uh, the Bengals are, are, are playing well on paper. I mean, even though it's in Pittsburgh on paper, I favor the Cincinnati Bengals all day, um, you know, and, and, and based on what I've seen lately, but as Corey and I were just talking about, this is the NFL. The Steelers are desperate. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. Um, he's a winner. Uh, he is, he's a, a terrific motivator. They're seven and seven right now. That's, they've lost three in a row. I mean, it's hard to imagine they've lost three games in a row to, 
to two, two of them to bad teams. They lost the Cardinals and lost the Patriots. And then they lost the Colts. Colts are playing well right now, but you know, they were sitting here at seven and four in good shape. Now, now it's uh, just the opposite. So I said that to say this wouldn't surprise me one bit if the Steelers win that game tomorrow. I'm right with you, Gary. You're right on par, brother. But Cincinnati looks like on paper. And then Jamar Chase got hurt last week. I think Pittsburgh is going to win it at home. It won't be pretty, but I think Pittsburgh is going to win. But I, you know, I, I could be wrong. I, but that's that's where I'm going with that one. Um, you know, the Alabama basketball team might be kind of like the Texas A&M team was last year. Kind of had a rough preseason, but they kind of get their things worked out. And then when the SEC play, you know, comes. You can finish in top four of the league. What do you think, Gary? Yeah, I think they got a chance. I think I think they may be better in the conference than out of the conference. Uh, I think the SEC is good. I'm really, really keeping an eye on Kentucky. They're playing great, but I don't think that uh, they're going to have a. You know, here's the thing about this stretch they just had. How 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 you know ironic is this? I mean, it is what it is. But they played Purdue, Creighton, and Arizona. Back to back to back, and every one of those teams they played them coming off a loss. And I know Creighton lost again last night to Villanova in the Big East, but but still, um, not only are you playing those teams, but you catch every one of them coming off a loss, and that's tough, dude. Of course, I guess you could say, well, Alabama's coming off a loss too when they play, but but you know they played them, they played away from home. They didn't play a single game. You know, they played Purdue and Toronto. They played, they played Creighton at Creighton. And then even though it was in Phoenix, I mean, obviously that's a home court advantage for, for Arizona, you know, just coming down the road from Tucson. But to cap, catch every one of those teams coming off losses, which you can say what you want, you know, they're going to be motivated to play even if they had won. But I think when good teams come off losses, there's an extra little bit of juice there. And, um, you know, it was kind of bad luck, but like we were saying, all you can do tomorrow is come back and win and, you know, get, get back on track, go to Birmingham next Saturday, get that win and then get in the SEC. And I agree with Corey and I agree with you, Cowboy. They could get in the SEC and make a little bit of noise. And, you know, you rattle off five or six wins in a row. And instead of being six and five, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're 11 and five. And we're looking at this season completely different. You know what I mean? Hey, Gary, have you done a number? If they hit thirty, if they hit twenty five percent of the threes they threw up the other night, could they have won the basketball game? Well, they were eight of forty, um, so twenty five percent would have been what? Um, what would twenty five percent? I'm trying to do the math here. It would have been. Um, I don't eight know. 40. It, they'd have been. They'd have a shot. I can tell you that they'd have a shot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, if they make, I said, if they, if they make, if they make, you know, if, 50, if, Gary, 50% of it would be 20. Yeah. And so, then half of that 15, if they hit 15 out of 40. Oh, trade. they win the game. Yeah. Even if they could have got to 12 yeah. or 13 made threes, they'd have a chance to win the game. Yeah. yeah. And listen, a lot yeah. of those in the, particularly in the first half were wide open shots. I mean, I'm not talking about, yeah. I'm talking about unguarded shots. I'm talking about Grant Nelson yeah. must have missed, you know, six or seven in a row that were just wide open, unguarded three-pointer practice shots, you know. But that's the thing about shooting threes. You know, it's been my experience, even with good three-pointing shooting teams, that, it, you know, you know, you have nights where you don't make them. And that's why it's, sometimes I think it's dangerous when you are a three-point shooting team. You can look incredible when they're going down. Uh, but 
you know, I know and Coach Oates says, hey, we want to get to the rim too, but I, I don't understand sometimes if you're having an off night shooting, why you don't try to get a little bit closer and take a 12 or 15 foot, foot jump shot. To me, yeah, uh, I, I still think a 15 foot jump shot's easier to make than a, you know, 23 foot jump shot. And, right. um, you know, the fact that they don't have much of a mid range game and they're not as good at attacking the rim this year as they've been in years past, um, you know, when you, when you don't make those three point shots, um, it's going to be hard for them you to live or die by it. Yeah, to some degree. To some hey, degree with this Hey, Gary, team. I got uh, two things here, and then I'll let you go. I, I believe that coach at South Florida, if he can get an eight and four next year or a seven and five, he might be on the upward mobility thing of a better job. Yeah, Golish, he you know, would we, be. Yeah, he, he, well, the job he did there this year with South Florida, if he puts another good season together next year, it'll be hard for them to hang on to him. Now, you know, now listen, yeah. they might can. I mean, they got some money down there. That's a great place to live. That's a beautiful, you know, uh, city. And so. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they couldn't, but yeah, there'll be, there'll be some schools taking a look at Alex Golish because uh, he, he did a phenomenal job this year with that team. They had been horrible, as you know. I mean, they, they had been terrible the last three or four years. I mean, winning one or two games a year and to get them to seven and six and then to, to cap it off with just a beat down of Syracuse. Yeah. He did a nice job. Yeah, and then the Tennessee offense this year struggled without him being up there. At they, time. they did, they did. Of course, they lost their quarterback you know, and Hooker, but no, I'm I'm with you on him. Right. He he did a heck of a job. You know, we played him second game of the year. Yep, sure do, sure game. do. And I think it'll be, it'll be a much different situation though playing him next year here with with established <laughs> yeah. quarterback. But uh, yeah. but yeah, do do play. They got to come back here and. Uh, but I tell you what I noticed last night watching some of that game was, and we saw it, you know, I wasn't expecting to have to go down to the wire to beat them um, in Tampa, but they got athletes, man. They got some athletes. I mean, they, they yeah, that, you know. That quarterback was pretty good. Yeah, he's, and, and their defensive front, those guys could run. And, and um, yep. you know, he went to the portal heavy in his first year and brought some guys in. And that portal's kind of changed everything, man. It's like I, I yeah. you know, often say, these guys, these schools now get a crack in the portal at guys that they never had a chance at coming out of high school. Right. You know, you're getting you're that getting former good. five stars. It's like that defensive lineman at USC that's in the portal. He's probably going to have to go down a notch. He hadn't played much football, and now he's running out. You know, you, you're going to get some of these schools are going to get guys that never they never had an opportunity to get the first time around, and and they get them with something to prove and and bigger, stronger, and and uh, you know experience. So a lot of these teams, man, are going to be. You know, I know people say, well, the NIL is a game changer, and you can't keep up if you can't pay NIL. But if you got guys that have already gotten the NIL and they're out of school and they're not playing, NIL is going to be secondary to them. Then they want to go to a place where they can play. And so you're going to see a lot of these yeah. five stars, you well, know, transferring down so they can get on the field. Yeah. Well, the transfer portal is like NFL free agency without a salary cap restriction. Oh, absolutely. Well, without a salary cap restriction or without a time restriction. I mean, you can't, yeah. you know, the, the only way you can sign somebody in the NFL is if they've been released. I mean, you can't, you know, during the season, you can't, you know, a guy, a guy that's under contract in an NFL team can't just say, I'm quitting and gonna, I'm going to go sign with another team. In essence, in college football, that's what we got. When I mean, we got teams getting ready for bowl games and college football playoff games, and they're losing guys, you know, I mean, because guys are just saying, hey, you know, you, you can't have, you know, free agency basically while you're still playing games. That doesn't happen in any other right. sport, man. It's ridiculous. Right. So, right. All right, well, one Cowboy. last thing, one last thing, I'll let you go. Can can Tua win a big football game this Sunday? I think he's going to win one. I think he's going to win one Sunday, pal. I, I think the, I, I think the Dolphins. I, I think the Dolphins are going to beat the beat the Cowboys. Now I will say this: um, 
it's it's a big game for both these teams, obviously. But if yeah. the if the if the Dolphins lose that one at home, uh, it's going to be a tough week in Miami. All that stuff's going to because, like I said, with Adam Amin, I don't know why people want to pick on Tua the way that they do, but they do. So, but I think I think Miami's going to beat them. I, I agree with you. And then, you know, they, they need it because Buffalo, I think, is getting it together. But yeah, Buffalo, they never Buffalo. were as bad as their record. But, you know, at the same time, um, their record, you know, for a while was pretty mediocre. But, uh, of course, we're going to see them tomorrow night. I, real quick thought on the Bills. And I understand you got, you know, you got the, 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 the Cowboys and the Dolphins and the Eagles and the Chiefs. But is there a team on in primetime more than the Buffalo Bills? Every time I turn them on, they're playing either on Monday night or Thursday night or Saturday night or Sunday night. And uh, anyway, they're playing well. You're right. That game tomorrow night's primetime Peacock. Not yeah, it is. Peacock, it's a stream. Though. It is a stream. But it, they'll, yeah, uh, and go. they'll, and, and the Chargers, man. I mean, whew, they're, they're bad. All right. Hey, got to run. Thank yeah. you, Cowboy. All right. Be good. Merry Christmas. All right. We're going to get to the break. And, um, when we come back, we're going to take more phone calls. Also want to mention that, uh, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, get ready for the new year and go ahead and get signed up before the new year and get started, get in there, get acclimated. And then in January, be ready to go. Uh, maybe you didn't stay fit. You know, I've taken a break from working out. I hadn't worked out now in two or three weeks. Uh, you know, maybe you've taken a break for the holidays too, but it's not too late. Uh, start anytime. You know, the best time to start tomorrow, today, you know, right now. So get by and see him at the YMCA, 2300 13th Street, downtown Tuscaloosa, and uh, get on the road to fitness. All right, we'll get to the break. We'll come back with more uh, phone calls right after this on the Gear Here Show. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your if you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather turning warmer today, a mix of sun and clouds with a high at 62. Tonight, fair with a low at 41. Tomorrow, partially sunny, the high 67. Sunday, increasingly cloudy rain arrives by Sunday night, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Today for the Crimson Tide, local high school sports, and Bama in the pros right here on Tide 100.9.
1024. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Let's go right back out on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in Dossie to the program. Hey, Dossie, good morning. Hey, Gary, I know you're pressed for time. I got a couple no, of comments. No, we're good. Couple, we're good. What's up, man? A uh, couple of comments and a couple of questions sure. I hope you can answer. I didn't get a chance to listen to the show this week, so I might be uh, repeating some things, so I apologize. Uh, first comments are, you know, you talked about transfer stuff. In the NFL, I'm, I think this is right. If you are proven to be caught tampering, you can lose a draft or draft pick. Um, secondly, everybody knows why they pick on Tua because he came from Alabama. But anyway, my question is, uh, all this, do you think all this NCAA allegation stuff and just all the, the distractions, for the lack of a better word, will affect Michigan in this game? Do you, have you nah, talked to anybody? I, 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 I don't. I, I really don't, Dossie. Okay. And, and, you know, um, one thing I'll give Harbaugh credit for, I, I think he's able to kind of close off the outside noise, much like Nick Saban is. And, and I don't see that being a factor at all. I think Michigan will be ready to play. I think they'll be focused on this game. If Alabama wins the game, it's because they played better. Uh, I think Michigan's a good team. I think they're well coached and, and I think they'll be, I think both teams will be ready to play. And, uh, but I don't think any of the stuff that's been surrounding Michigan, I, I think Harbaugh insulates his team against that. And I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a factor at all, Dossie. Just my opinion. All right. A couple other questions I hope you can answer. I don't get to follow recruiting like you do. Uh, it's not that I don't think it's important. I just, just don't have the time. Sure. Um, this quarterback saying, uh, what kind of player is he? What are we looking at? Like what? He's a, he's he a, a very, he's a very, um, astute quarterback. He's going to remind you a little bit of Bryce Young and just how he, uh, is calm, cool, and collected. He's got great touch on his throws. As they, as they like to say now, the vernacular is he can spin it. He, he's got a really catchable ball. Um, he understands the position. He's been playing it, you know, his entire life. He's been, um, to all the camps and, and, you know, competed in these camps against the top, other top quarterbacks. I think he is, uh, I think they've got talented quarterbacks on that roster. I think Julian Sane is one of those guys that's more college ready than most of these guys that come out of high school. I, I just think his, uh, his demeanor, his knowledge of the game, um, I think he'll take coaching well, and I think he's going to be a fantastic quarterback. All right, Gary, last question. Uh, I know that, uh, I think uh, that Brock, this is kind of a crazy question, but I think Brock Purdy was pretty close to committing and signing with with Alabama. Um, He was a pretty good quarterback at Iowa State, and yeah, now we're playing the hypotheticals. What if he had come to Alabama? Well, I think Brock Purdy probably would have liked to have come to Alabama. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know that Alabama um, pushed for him maybe um, as hard as, as they could have. I think they knew he was a good quarterback. I don't know that Alabama felt like he was uh, good enough to play at Alabama. I, I don't know that Nick Saban felt like he had the critical factors for the position. Um, I don't know if he'd come to Alabama, how much different it would have been if he hadn't come to Alabama. I mean, there, Alabama's lining up trying to win a national championship every year. Um, if, you know, if you look at it, it worked out really well for Brock Purdy. Uh, but it, you know, but you're right to get to where he's at. He, uh, you know, he came up through, um, the ranks a little bit differently and, 
you know, was the last player drafted in, in, in the draft. And uh, so even when he was at Iowa State and he had done some good things, uh, there there weren't like NFL teams were beating down his door. I mean, he was Mr. Irrelevant. He was the final player drafted in the 2022 NFL draft. And I think Alabama, while they recruited him, I'm not sure that, that Alabama um, saw him as a Alabama quarterback. And I think he's even, I think, has has spoken to that. So he's, he was a good college player. He was a really good high school quarterback. I don't think anybody ever in, you know, envisioned him being a superstar NFL quarterback the way he's become. Now, let's be fair, too. A lot of it has to do with who he's playing with, as it does for any quarterback. And I'm not knocking Brock, but, you know, you if he had been drafted by a team that was, you know, if he had been drafted by the Carolina Panthers, we might not have ever heard of him. So, um, you know, I, I think that you got to give him credit, but at the same time, he plays with a heck of a football team. Yeah, real quick, Gary, one thing I just thought about, too, if you have time, is one thing that does concern me a little bit about this game. I don't know if you remember in 2014, uh, we were, I think we were picked to beat Ohio State, I think. Uh, but everybody was kind of, oh, Alabama's going to beat Ohio State. It won't be close and all this. And I am a little concerned, even though I think Michigan's still a slight favorite. A lot of people are already penciling us in to win the game. Uh, you know the players see that. You know that they hear it. Uh, are you concerned at all about all that? We talked about noise a minute ago. Are you concerned at all about that noise with this team going into this game? You talking about Alabama being overconfident? Well, just you know, I, the, I hear the, a lot of media. people. I, I hear some people picking Michigan to win. I don't think it's just it's just a general consensus. I mean, in, on the, the the point spread, it hadn't moved a lot, so that means there's a, you know there's money yeah. going in on Michigan too. No, I don't. I don't see any of that, Dossie, with these two teams. Okay. I, I think you know Alabama with all its experience and playing, and this is the biggest game of the year. Same thing for Michigan. I just don't see either one of these teams letting anything outside of other trying to prepare to play well impacting them. I, I certainly don't think Alabama is going to be affected by the noise, not with where they've had to come from to get here. You know, three weeks after the end of the season, most people had them buried. So I don't think that the, this is a team that's going to be overconfident and, and, and you know, going in feeling like uh, they're better than Michigan. I don't I don't sense that at all. I think it's going to be two really good teams going to line up and play the game and the best team's going to win. That's that's the way I see it, Dulce, man. Hey, brother, I got to get to the right, break, Robert. okay? All right, great, thanks. All right, thank you, Dossie. All right, it is 10.30. We'll take a break, and we'll come back with uh, the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard next right here on the Gary Harris Show. 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
We're giving you the Christmas spirit. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. It's 1034. We're going to jump right back out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts Hotline. And remember, nothing better for the holidays than hot and fresh Krispy Kreme Donuts. Traditional glazed, all the... Uh, the flavors that they have, of course, uh, they've got uh, a whole donut line built around uh, Will Ferrell's Elf movie here for the holiday season. So today, tomorrow, when you're out Christmas shopping, man, get them hot and fresh at Krispy Kreme. All right, we're uh, we're fresh with Brett Pritchard. He's got a lot of information for us on the Auburn Tigers, and uh, we'll do football and basketball. Uh, good morning, Brett. How are you? I'm good, Gary. How are you, buddy? Doing great. Um, national signing period started Wednesday. I think it wraps up today. And uh, this is what Auburn fans uh, envisioned, I think, when Hugh Freeze was hired to uh, start back recruiting at a level mm-hmm. that, um, you know, it starts out on paper. And then you hope, obviously, it, it you know, it, it carries over to the field. But a top 10 recruiting class for the Tigers has got everybody in a pretty good mood. <clears throat> it, it does. You know, I, I think uh, he may mention uh, this week and he may mention probably about a month ago, he said, I think this class and the 25 class will define my, my tenure here at Auburn. He said, let's just be honest about it. He said, you know, you can coach and you can have good staff and uh, you can do all the things you need to do. But if you don't have the players, uh, it really it really doesn't matter. So uh, I think Nick Saban has made that about as clear to everybody over the last 16, 17 years as anybody, you know. Uh, not a, not a cut at Nick Saban, uh, as far as his coaching ability. Obviously, he's an outstanding coach and he knows how to hire, you know, the right staff, but it really starts with his ability to continue to roll one top tier class after another in. And, you know, when you, when you show up to the field and you have the best players week in and week out, you know, you have the best probability of winning the games. It didn't always work out. I mean, you know, the mistakes and games and all kind of, play out but you can see Nick Saban's record he uh it, it's immaculate I mean nobody's done it better than him ever in college football and you know it really starts uh with those recruiting classes and he stacks them one on top of the other and you know I think that's what he Freeze made mention he said you know this is great you know we wanted to be back in the top 10s where Auburn needs to be but he said this is not a one-shot deal he said we gotta we gotta do it next year and the year after and the year after and you know, it's building that depth, and there's so much change, obviously, Gary, in the uh, the shape of college football with NIL and all that. Uh, we can go into all kinds of different conversations. But, yes, at the end of the day, you got to be in the top ten recruiting uh, year in and year out to have a chance. Auburn uh, bringing in Walker White and, uh, of course, Robbie Ashford in the portal and uh, Garner's there. Uh, but I think a lot of Auburn fans were, I'm not going to say caught off guard, but maybe surprised a little when Freeze came out and said, you know, basically said, you know, Peyton Thorne's our guy. You know, we, we think he's good enough. We got to get some players around him. I think the anticipation right. and, and uh, um, thought process from Auburn fans was that Auburn would definitely be in the market for a portal quarterback. It doesn't sound that way. And I, and I got to be honest with you. I mean, I, I don't cover Auburn like you do, but I don't disagree with you, Freeze. I, I mean, I thought I saw enough from Peyton Thorne this year. Uh, you know what he did at Michigan State, that if you put some pieces around him, that he can be a winning quarterback. Sometimes I think it's just like Christmas presents. You know, you always want to open the next right. one, and maybe the one you already got in your hand is better than, than the one you're going to open. Right. I, I think Freeze is like, we got a good quarterback. Is that kind of just the way you took I it? Nothing against, right. Yeah, just we got a guy with him we can win with. Yeah, I, I, you, you know, Gary, you can go back and uh, pull up old shows, uh, old shows with uh, me and you talking about Peyton Thorne at the beginning. I, I felt like he was the guy early on. I didn't agree with the 
you know, the in and out of Robbie Ashford him switching and he freeze about week four decided that was not a good situation. I think he was trying to show loyalty and I think he was trying to give Robbie Ashford every opportunity and it just didn't work out. And, you know, I remember <clears throat> a couple of those first games where Peyton Thorne would drive Auburn down the field and then into the red zone, Robbie Ashford would come in and I think you and I had a conversation. I said, you know, it's gotta gotta have a little bit of effect on your ego and your confidence, you know, as a quarterback in this league that, you know, they give you the keys to the to the vehicle mm-hmm. between the twenties and then you get to the red zone and they take you out. So um you gotta remember Peyton Thorne hadn't been in Auburn very long either. You know, he got there in the spring. He he didn't get a chance to really do very much and uh you know he's learning a new new offense, new coaching staff, all that stuff on the fly. I thought Peyton Thorne got better. Yeah, he made some some questionable decisions in games, but you know, I made mention on our show last week, when you got a receiving core, and it's again not a cut on anybody personally, but it's just the truth. You got a receiving core where nobody really can get separation in the secondary, well, that makes life a lot tougher on the quarterback because he's got to make pinpoint accurate throws almost every time because they've got somebody draped on them. Mm-hmm. Now, if you got prolific receivers that can get separation, you don't have to be so pinpoint accurate. You can throw to a spot and the guy can go get it. So I like what Hugh Free says. Obviously, he believes in Peyton Thorne. He obviously believes in Holden Garner. He, he's had a lot of good good things to say about him as well. So um, he's going to ride with that guy. I think you just summed it up. The the present that you have in your hand sometimes is the best one of all, but you won't always open that next. So you have the good recruiting class. You've got, um, even though it was, uh, you know, a six and six season, took Alabama obviously right down to the wire, took Georgia down to the wire. Um, you know, it was a disappointing loss to New Mexico State, but this is a six and six team with a chance to get to a seven and six team. And again, I, I don't know big picture how much difference it makes if Auburn wins or loses this bowl game, but I think in the short term, it matters. I, I, I think that the, 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 the momentum is there. The vibe is positive. And to finish seven and six with a win gives you a really good taste going into the offseason as opposed to six and seven and a loss. I think, I think this is a pretty big game. How do you see it? Yeah, yeah, we said that, um, Gary. I know in the scheme of things, it's just uh, another bowl game, but really not for this team and, and where it is right now with this coaching staff. I think, you know, they knew that they let several games get away this year and, you know, had positive momentum in that Alabama game. And I know it didn't end the way Auburn wanted it to end, but still, uh, you took a team that was much more talented than you and you played even Steven with them most of the game and led most of the game. And then, of course, Alabama credit them for making a play at the end when they needed to do it. But, you know, Auburn had opportunities this year, and they have an opportunity to finish on a high note. And I think you and I have had this discussion before. Six and seven, for whatever reason, is still a losing record. I, I agree. When you When you go seven and six, even though it's only one game different, you'd much rather look back and go, okay, seven and six is obviously, you, you know, a lot better than six and seven. You build on that momentum. And you get a chance to get these young guys in and get them some experience. And, you know, Auburn has several guys that in this recruiting cycle that are already down there practicing with the bowl practice. So all of that, getting the bowl game, uh, the extra practices, trying to end on a high note, uh, it, it's all part of the building process for this Auburn team. 
basketball uh, after that really disappointing loss to Appalachian State, Auburn has uh, kind of found its rhythm. I mean, blew out a good Indiana team, blew out UNC Asheville, then blew out USC at home. Got a game tonight they're going to win against Alabama State. Um, what have you seen from basketball? Seems like they've kind of really got it uh, got it rolling. Yeah, yeah. I think it starts with uh, being a team that has seven, eight, nine guys that can give you solid minutes and solid performance, um, whether it be, you know, seven, eight points or whether it be a guy come in and get eight or ten rebounds or somebody that can, you know, give you six, seven, eight assists a game. It, it's a variety of, of talent for this team. And, you know, I think everybody felt like Auburn was going to have to rely heavily on Janai Broom this year and and still may. I mean, I think if you look at Auburn's roster, he's, he's the guy that most everybody's going to say that that's who's going to lead that team that year. But Aiden Holloway, Jalen Williams, all of these guys, and if you go back to, to 2018, 2019, when Auburn really, in my opinion, uh, was at its peak with Bruce Pearl and playing his best basketball, you look down on any given night, Gary, and there'd be seven, eight guys, you know, scoring nine to 12 points a game. And, uh, that's, that's where you've got to get it. And I think when Janai Broom was scoring 25, 30 points earlier in the year and Auburn was playing really close and losing close games, that it was a lot of pressure on him. The last three games, he really hasn't had to do very much. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a good thing. And you've seen the, the, the point differential growth in, in the game. So yeah, you're right. I mean, I think they turned the page against Appalachian State and they came back and played a really good Indiana team and, and handled them pretty well in Atlanta. Uh, and they've, they've built on that momentum. All right, before I close it out with you, Brad, I want to I want to uh, break away from Auburn and just get the big picture that something that we're all as as people that cover the SEC and college football and basketball looking at. And we know what Florida State they're meeting this morning. Uh, the the right. you know expectation is they're going to try to break that grant of rights and get out of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, I mean, the, everybody says, well, look at the TV ratings, look at all the excitement. I get all that, but it still feels like that we're you know, we're on thin ice as far as the future of college athletics. And and I want to get your thoughts on, you know, where are we headed? I mean, what are we doing? I mean, the the model just doesn't seem sustainable. Are we going to have to have a football breakaway from the rest of college sports? And, and you know, yeah. we're going to have a conference where we have divisions and we have eight, you know, I mean, I just, you see all this that's, that's underneath the scene, you know, and, and we look at, at the fact that there's no, the portal's just, free agency without any kind of rules. The NIL is nothing about name, image, and likeness. It's just how much can we pay you to come to our school. I mean, right. it just right. seems like we're teetering here on something that that at some point, if we don't get a grip on it and come up with a plan, that all of a sudden it's just going to blow up. What do, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, feel, I, I feel the exact same way, and we talked about it. I don't think anybody knows what college football is going to look like in five years. I mean, we sit here right now and the numbers that you and I hear of kids coming out of high school and the money that's on the table is just, it's even beyond what you and I could have even imagined yeah, a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's only going to get worse. And I hate to use that term because obviously for the kids, it's great because they're getting generational life changing money, but nobody expected a 17, 18 year old kid to get generational life changing money from a college before they ever took a snap. And, if that doesn't 
raise a red flag to the people that run college football and run these college colleges, then I don't know what is. And I don't know what you can do to change it. I, I think, yes, the race to be the best, you know, if it's working for you, if you got the money and Auburn and Alabama have the money, if you're in the moment, you don't really care what everybody else is doing. You're going to go out and get yours, and you're going to let the rest of it play its way out. But I think you said the best thing of all. It's not sustainable. It's just not. Not in this model. Not the way things are are, 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 are played out right now. It's the Wild West. There are no rules. We can act like there's rules, Gary, but there's no, no rules. There's right not. And everybody's out there doing whatever they can to get theirs. So had a conversation yesterday with somebody, and they said, kudos to this group of kids last year and this year, maybe even next year, that are getting these big-time NIL deals. But there's going to be some regulation, and there's going to be some halt to this, and there's got to be some control, uh, or else the sport will implode. And, and it's going to morph into something that none of us even recognize, and it won't be college football anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just the weirdest time. I mean, it's pretty much not college football now. I know. I mean, let's just be honest yeah, about it. It's, you know, I, I like what Saban said this week. Um, you have to work so hard to keep the main thing the main thing. You know, he meets with the media on Wednesday, and I get it. And he talked about the recruiting class. But they, you know, kept asking about this guy. And he just said, he said, listen, man, our focus is on the game. <laughs> Yeah, we got a game coming. Isn't that the whole point? Yeah. Isn't that the whole point of this is to play a game on the field? Yeah. Well, what, what does all this other stuff matter? That's right. If you're making the, if you're making the game and the results secondary. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing all that to try to get to where they're at. And, and he's yeah, like, he's, man, he's we got we to we focus on trying to win the game. It's just interesting times. And I know this doesn't tie in, but I was talking with Adam Amin earlier. Uh, but it is where we're at with money. The Los Angeles Dodgers, I mean, I just, I'm just still oh, blown away. They've invested over a billion dollars in two players. Unbelievable. I don't I, know. I, I mean, again, where does it end? I don't know. I, I think at some point it's going to end. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not. Well, the Dodgers as an organization are $550 million in the hole. But yet, again, they, they spend a billion dollars on two players. Isn't that the American way now? It is. Let's just build up as much debt as we possibly can, and not worry about it. Yeah. And we'll just push it on and kick the can on down the road. Yeah. It'll be somebody else's problem in 10 or 15 That's years. That's right. It's like it's it's like credit cards, man. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're dead. Hey, I got a limit. I got it. Listen, I still got 10000 left on this one. I got 10000 to spend. That's 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 the world we live yeah, in. That, crazy. That, credit card, that credit card isn't money in the bank. <laughs> it <That's>, is not. <laughs> and a lot. Hey, listen, Brett, Merry Christmas, man. And, uh, uh, thanks for coming on all year with me, and uh, yes, sir. appreciate you. And Auburn Blitz coming up today? Yes, sir. We'll be back on. Jason Caldwell will be with us to kind of recap this week in recruiting. And, uh, uh, yeah, you too, Gary. Have a Merry Christmas and a, a Happy New Year, and we'll catch up with you on the flip side. All right, thank you. All right, it's 1049 here on the Gary Harris Show. And I uh, do want to remind you that uh, we got something special coming up early next year at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery and University Mall. On January 21st, Isaiah Bond will be in store. We'll have more details coming up, but he'll be in store for an autograph signing session at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery and University Mall. In the next couple of days, when you're doing your Christmas shopping, get by and see Tom and the folks there at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. We'll be back to wrap up this uh, holiday edition of the Gary Harris Show right after this. On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. 
Hey, this is Barry with Inside the Locker Room. Dad and I want to thank everybody for listening uh, throughout the year. We hope everybody has a merry, merry Christmas. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday, and we'll break down this college football playoffs for you. Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Paris. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and Three Special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and three vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa. The weather. The weather turning warmer today. A mix of sun and clouds with a high at 62. Tonight, fair with the low at 41. Tomorrow, partially sunny, the high 67. Sunday, increasingly cloudy. Rain arrives by Sunday night, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 53 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Did you miss any episode on Tide 100.9? Don't worry. All of our shows can be found on Spotify and Apple Music and on demand on the Tide 100.9 app. Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve you couldn't let us get out of here without having to hear Grandma got run over by a reindeer. You just couldn't help yourself. Welcome back into the Gary Heron Show. And been festive today. Had Bill Taylor in studio in the first segment singing Oh Holy Night. Or it might have been the second segment. But he sang also on 95.3 The Bear. And he'll be spreading some Christmas cheer tonight on WVUA 23 News at 10, too, with, you know, song and um glad we could do that of course adam amin and uh brett pritchard is guest we took your phone calls and now i'm ready to um have a couple days off i haven't had a day off now um i worked last weekend too doing the sports i haven't had a day off here in a couple of weeks so <laughs> not only is it christmas break i'm just looking forward to a break but uh, I'll, I'll still be on the air tonight on wva 23 news at 5 and 10 and then uh, back here on Tuesday as we get ready for the holiday weekend. And I got a lot to do tomorrow. And uh, But do want to say this, that, you know, life is, uh, life is hard at times for all of us. You know, we've all been through things in our lives, maybe going through something right now. And, um, you know, we try to do the best that we can. We make mistakes along the way. And I think at the end of the year, 
Christmas, the holiday season. Keep keep you know the spirit of the season in mind, and and it is about a time of of love and giving and forgiveness, and a lot of things that maybe during the course of the year that we just take for granted or we don't have time to think about much. But I think this is a time for all of us to, and me included. I mean, I'm probably the most guilty of all of it. You know, looking at at the glass being half empty. You know. The things that I don't have or that didn't happen well for me or went wrong for me rather than the things that I have and and the things that I should be appreciating. Uh, so I'm going to try to do that over the next few days and and I hope that you will as well. And um, it's a fast paced time in our world and, and a lot of negativity and animosity, but maybe for a few days around this holiday, we can all just kind of relax and be thankful and be kind and um you know to make you know make for a fun end of the year and maybe a brighter start to the to the new year so just uh, have a great great weekend and a great christmas and um everybody um hope you are with your loved ones and your family and and uh, take a, even maybe we'll take a little bit of break from worrying about the outcomes of ball games for a couple of days and and just uh, and just kind of uh, enjoy some other things in your life. All right, that's going to do it for Justin Jones. I want to thank him again for his great work. And uh, uh, Noah is in here. I want to thank all the folks here at, at uh, Tide and Town Square. I've been doing this show now for uh, I'll be going on my ninth year. Uh, started in 2015, so. Um, I've had a lot of fun here and uh, want to thank everybody that makes it possible. All right. I want to thank Patterson Comer too. Patterson Comer attorneys at law for sponsoring this second hour. I want to thank all my great advertisers as well. You know who you are. We appreciate you. I couldn't do this show. Literally couldn't do this show without you. So, all right. We'll be back on, uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with a new show. Merry Christmas, everybody. And Miller's Edge is coming up next at 11 a.m. Talk to you again on Tuesday. Listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Life doesn't wait for.